This is Reflections of the Lighthouse, a podcast sharing the hope of the gospel for those struggling with life-altering addictions. If you'd like more information about the Lighthouse and the services they provide, visit biblicallliferecoverycenter.com. And now, here are your hosts, Brandon Bauer and Dwayne Modlin. Welcome back to Reflections of the Lighthouse. Since um, the last episode was such a, a resounding success, I decided to continue on with um, Elizabeth as my co-host for this one because we're kind of still talking about suffering. Uh, episode 17 was God's plan for suffering. Today is talking about more, more about how sin and suffering affect us. So welcome back, Liz. Thank you. If you did not hear the last podcast, Liz is my wife. She has been an amazing piece of this ministry, and we're grateful for her. So when people sin against us, it causes suffering. And we said last podcast that till the day we die, people will sin against us. When we have to have a way to deal with that. We call that forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is not an easy thing by any means, but it is a requirement when others sin against us. Would you talk a little bit about that, Liz? Sure. God's Word tells us that we are to forgive one another. Christ died for our sins, and in that, we were forgiven when we confess and repent. And it is critical for us as believers to forgive others. We have been forgiven much, therefore we can forgive much. Absolutely. So so I remember there was an example of this in my life, but I want to read this passage first. Mark eleven twenty five. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins also. I remember when I was a teenager, um, Sundays was a very, very hard day for my family. Dad was a pastor. You know, people always came over. Not only did we have to look good, we had to have the house looking good. We have to have all the chores done in case people walked in after church or mom invited someone or dad invited someone. Sundays was chaos. And there was a lot of times where there was arguing and bickering and, and tension on Sundays. You know, it, it's funny, you go to church and all of a sudden, you know, you put on the happy face, right? Um, I remember one day we were at church and we're getting ready to take communion and dad was up there at the pulpit and he said, if you have anyone in this room that, that you've sinned against, before you take this, you need to go talk to them. And it shocked the socks off of me when my mom, from the other side of the room, in front of everyone, gets up, walks over to me, and asks for my forgiveness for how she treated me that morning. That, that is a great example yes. of, of someone saying, I've got to be right because I stand before God and, and I have to, to make this right with this other person. Sin affects relationships. And forgiveness is God's answer to that. Now, I also want to say there are some broken people out there and some people who have been hurt deeply. Forgiveness isn't always easy. It's not a say the words and you're done. Sometimes it's a lifelong journey to forgive someone. But we have to start that. 
was recently talking to a guy here at the program who was sexually abused as a kid. And he asked the question, I don't know why I keep drinking. And I looked at him and I said, this was in a private session, and I said, it's because you haven't forgiven so-and-so for the sexual abuse. And he said, I can't do that. And I looked at him and said, you can. It's not going to be easy. And he just wept. And a few days later, he came back and said, you're right. I will never quit drinking until I deal with the pain and the hurt that this has caused me in my life. Now we're walking through that stuff with them. It's not an instant forgive and, and forget thing. It's a long haul. But but what happened to him at nine years old has affected him till he was 40-ish, right? And because forgiveness wasn't a piece, he's allowed other sin to creep into his life to be able to cope with the sin that happened against him. It's ugly stuff. But when forgiveness is a peace, it starts walking us in the right direction. So Colossians 3 talks about a lot of different things. It talks about putting off the old and putting on the new. This is one of the things that we talk a lot about here at the Lighthouse in our biblical counseling, in our training, of how we need to put off the old sinful self and put on the new. Can you talk a little bit about how you've seen that work in life, Liz? Yeah. You know, when we die to ourselves and, you know, take off those articles of sin, so to speak, we then have to do. We have to put on the compassionate heart and put on kindness, put on humility, meekness, patience. Those are fruits of the Spirit that He will enable us to do. And through cooperating with the Spirit, through working with the Spirit, we're able to put on those things that Christ calls us to, and therefore deal with suffering in a biblical way. It's interesting. A lot of times we don't want to put off our sin. We're comforted by our sin. Um, sin, sin serves a purpose. Satan's designed it well. It serves a purpose to comfort us, but it always destroys. Think about one of the first fishing things that I ever did was with my uncle John. He wouldn't put a, fi a hook on the end of my, my fishing line. And I got so frustrated. I wanted to catch fish. And, um, we had a discussion after I complained, he said, Brandon, I, I was like, four or five, he said, hooks hurt. And we put bait on hooks to attract the fish, but the hooks hurt. You know, I was little, but that stuck with me. And I've talked about it a lot in my life. Sin is the bait. We don't always see the hook, even though the bait seems comforting it always ends wrong. Hebrews 12.10 talks about suffering. And I wanted to read this for you here. Hebrews 12.10. Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. 
but God disciplines us for our good so that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but very painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who have been trained by it. Suffering leads to holiness. It trains us to deal with life and to deal with sin and to rely on God. I remember a, a story with my, my daughter, Isabel. Uh, she was she was very little, and we had a um, wood-burning stove, and she was just dazzled by the sparkles of the flames. Um, I'm thinking three, maybe four years old, and she consistently tried to touch the stove, and we consistently disciplined her. And I, and I looked at you one day and said, she's going to touch that stove, yeah. and that is the only way that she is going to learn She's not listening to us. And one day it happened. She touched the stove and she has a scar on her hand today to remind her of that. And she will even talk about, about disobeying and touching that stove. Our discipline didn't work until consequences of God had to, had to, had to happen. She didn't touch that stove for many, many years after that. Sometimes sin though it dangles in front of us like a sparkly fire, is so dangerous. But when we submit to Christ's discipline, like, like Isabel didn't, right? She didn't submit to our discipline. Right. It, 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 it is for our best. It is for our good. And it yields positive fruit of righteousness in our lives. We also need to confess, though, not only do people sin against us, we sin against others. We cause suffering because of our sin. Scripture is clear. If we confess our sins, he, Christ, is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm one that likes to take the opposites of things. So the opposite of that is if we don't confess our sins, and you get the picture. Confession is required for forgiveness of sins with the ultimate goal of every believer to glorify him through our sin, through our sinfulness. How we deal with our sinful hearts either glorifies or disglorifies our Savior. I don't know if disglorifies is a word, but we're going to use it there. Sometimes, Liz, and I want you to speak to this um, our personal happiness and our comfortable life gets in the way of confession. Absolutely. We as humans seek comfort. We seek convenience. We want the easy way of life, and that's not God's way. You know, he says that the road to follow him is narrow, and to stay on the narrow path is not an easy thing. It's difficult, and we as sinful beings don't like that. We don't like the the challenges. And so we have to fight against that. And as believers, we have opportunities to deny ourselves and follow after God with all of our hearts. And 
one of the areas that we can personally testify to this is when we were living in Fort Wayne. Um, we were living southwest, and Brandon was frustrated. This was before the lighthouse had even been conceived. You know, he was working for those big box companies that you've heard him talk about in the past, and he's struggling. He wants to share his faith, knowing that that's really the only thing that's going to help people in their lives who are suffering with addiction, and he wants to be able to have that freedom, and he keeps getting shut down, and the door keeps getting closed. And finally, out of frustration, he says, I need to start my own thing. And I said, then do it. And so... By saying, though, then let's do it, that opened a whole new world. I don't know if we were quite expecting. Had no idea what we were getting <laughs> ourselves into. We uh, we realized shortly after doing that that starting a nonprofit was going to be time-consuming and expensive. And in order to do this well, we realized that living in Southwest Fort Wayne, though it was probably our dream home and dream location, was not really affordable and it wasn't necessary. And so we made the decision to sell our house and we moved into his parents' lake cottage, which was just a two-bedroom, small little lake house that all three kids were crammed in. And we pursued, you know, the lighthouse and to where it is today, that is by God's hand and he has brought it such a long way and has done so many wonderful things through the ministry here. But there were acts of sacrifice that had to be given in order to move forward in that. Yeah, those early years we we pretty much funded the lighthouse for the first first few years. Um some some help from others, but we couldn't have done this. The, this ministry wouldn't be what it is without our sacrifice. And and I would say that it was more of a sacrifice for you and the kids than it was for me. But it, it's just amazing how we could have chosen a comfortable life, but God's blessed the sacrifice there. Second Corinthians talks also about how suffering is just for a moment in light of eternity. You know, if you think about what we've given up by starting the lighthouse, in reality, it's not much. We took a trip to Africa, and we saw children living in poverty in shanties made out of trash. We saw children digging through trash heaps looking for food. And if our greatest sacrifice was giving up our house to move into a small two-bedroom apartment, what an amazing thing that was. It really helps put things in perspective. Sure. And I, and I don't know that without some of those life things in life, that those are gifts from God seeing these children in poverty that we would have made these decisions. I think God orchestrated all of these things in our life so that we could glorify him through, through this ministry, through, through our work. And so we don't have our dream house. In light of eternity, not a big deal. How many people are going to join us in heaven because of that one small sacrifice? Just recently, I um, talked to some of my staff, and we've lost count, but we think it's 14 to 16 individuals this year have accepted Jesus as their personal Savior here at the Lighthouse. 
That's 16 people who are going to be in heaven someday because of that small sacrifice. Last week was a banner week. We had four accept Jesus Christ as their Savior last week. It's amazing to to be gone dealing with life issues. Uh, we, we were dealing with um, the death of my dad, the funeral, all of those things. To come back to people saying, four people have accepted Jesus Christ while you were gone. What an amazing example of how our suffering is just for a moment and how other people sacrifice. You know, 32 people work here at the Lighthouse, and it is a sacrifice to work here. We try to pay well. But there's a lot of sacrifice to, to working here, and 32 people are sacrificing for the kingdom here at the Lighthouse for eternity. Our focus needs to be on eternity, not on the comforts of this world. And I think walking with the residents here and just doing life with people who are suffering helps to point our eyes to that too. You know, when we walk with a family who's living with the dramatic effects of addiction, you know, you you see sin so prevalently in those lives and you desperately want to see Jesus coming, you know, to end that pain and that sorrow. And you long for heaven to be with him where you know everything will be made right. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, right? Yes. So Paul, in the midst of his affliction in 2 Corinthians, says that God's grace was sufficient for him. And Isaiah 41 talks about how God helps us through suffering. Yeah, he says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So he will strengthen, help, and uphold us in our suffering. What an amazing promise that God has given us, that while we struggle the most, he will be the power behind that. James chapter 1 talks about counting it all joy, brothers, when you fall into temptation, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. James is one of my favorite books of the Bible. Suffering produces patience so that we can glorify God and bear much fruit. What an amazing opportunity we have as believers in Jesus Christ to suffer for him. And in reality, we don't suffer like many. You know, you read the voices of the martyrs, things, and, and the, those that have suffered deeply for Christ. We have a friend in Nigeria whose, whose pastor friend just got beheaded for his faith. And, 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 and we struggle because we had to be put out a little bit. I think that it's amazing what we can do when we have an eternity focus and joy in suffering. Now, uh, Deuteronomy 8.2 talks about the Israelites wandering through the desert. Now, you know me, Liz. I don't like sand. We no. went. <laughs> we went on our honeymoon to Cancun, and it was miserable. I learned there that I don't like sand. It gets in every crack, in every crevice of your body, and it stays with you and in your vehicles for months. Imagine having to wander the desert in sand for 40 years. 
in Deuteronomy 8, 2 says this, Remember how the Lord led you all the way in the desert for 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know where your heart is, whether you would follow him and keep his commands. 40 years the Israelites wandered in sand, misery, for one purpose, to see where their hearts were. I wonder if the suffering that we have in this life is being given by God to test our hearts to see if we will follow him. There is a purpose for our pain. 1 Peter 2.20 says, When you do good and suffer and take it patiently, it is commendable before God. And Matthew 5 talks about blessed are those who are persecuted, who are, who are made fun of. God is using suffering in our lives to test us. And he's using suffering in our lives for his glory. When we think differently about suffering, enduring it is a lot different. Yes. I want to thank you, Liz, for joining us for the last two podcasts. I will make sure that if Dwayne is ever out again, that you are um, top of my list. Thank you. Um, it's been a pleasure to have these conversations with you. If you want to know more about The Lighthouse, Reflections of The Lighthouse, any of the work that we do, please send us an email at biblicallife-recovery-center at gmail.com or visit our website at biblicallife-recovery-center.com. Thanks for joining us. Serve God well through your suffering.